Hey there, listener. Fancy seeing you here. Look, sometimes due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode description for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this episode is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. Flintwood, we ship Flintwood, they're the Quidditch muscles OTP. Deep dive into fanfic, explore issues with their family. In an unassuming muggle street, you will find the bar in which they meet. Flintwood, we ship Flintwood, for a love they never knew time, they're gonna screw time, we'll have a gay old time! Nathan, I'm so excited! Oh my god, what are you excited about? I'm excited. <laughs> what's what's happening? Tell me! We are almost to our one year anniversary for the podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited I may vomit. Like, this is... <laughs> This is a monumental milestone. Can you believe that we've been doing this a year? I. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Like, of course, I can believe that. I mean, we've put a lot of time, energy, work into sure. this. Yes. And it's been so much fun. But it's, it's, it is amazing to stop and think, okay, May of last year, we started doing this. And then the December before that May was when it was like the ideas were coming together. So this is, this is so exciting. We're just, we're so excited. <laughs> yeah, because we had the Discord long before the first episode mm-hmm. came out. So even though we're celebrating the one year anniversary, I mean, we, we had our trailer and that went out in March. And mm-hmm. then our first episode went out in May. So we've been doing this for a while now mm-hmm. and i guess it's time to celebrate that and what yeah. better way to do that than with some fun and games which yes. you can i just say listener <laughs> you personally you listener right now are not prepared for the shenanigans <laughs> that we're gonna get up to next time it's gonna be it's gonna be unhinged yes. um it's gonna be like nothing we've ever given to you before and i'm really proud of it because of mm-hmm. how crazy it is. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the energy of it. I'm just so, uh, the, the ideas that we had, uh, we had a couple of great suggestions from listeners, um, mm-hmm. including fanfic Mad Libs, which we are definitely going to do another time. But yes. in the spirit of that sort of idea, that's what we're bringing you, you next time. I mean, did you want to go into any more detail or you just want to leave it like mystery? Yeah, I would say leave it a mystery. All I'm going to say is rest well, drink your liquids, like be ready to like, you know, like you're just, it's it's a fun time. We laugh so much. I mean, we laugh a lot of the time in here and it's just, it's going to be long, I'm pretty sure, but it's just, it's us having fun, playing some games and just being silly and we think that you're going to enjoy enjoy it so we we cannot wait to do something completely different and it's going to be so fun so two weeks from now our celebratory one year anniversary episode and yeah we can't wait for you to give that one a listen when it comes and also while i remember if you want to tell us what you're doing to celebrate as you listen along you can Mm -hmm. send those 
in to careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com. I can't wait to share this with you. It's going to be incredible. I'm so excited. <laughs> so for now, enjoy the this episode because obviously this episode is equally awesome because obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is what, the Flintwood Fick episode? Yeah, I know what we're doing. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, huh, what, what is this episode again? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but like this, uh, obviously, this episode's good because we get to talk more about Flintwood, and we love that. Yes, but also <laughs> co- definitely come back next time for our one-year anniversary. It's gonna be a hoot. I'm so I'm I'm really pleased with like the stuff that we've got lined up for you, and I can't wait. I can not wait. I want yeah. it to be next time already, so you can bring <laughs> me that. Enjoy. Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers, a Harry Potter ship culture podcast. And I am Megs. And I am Nathan. Yes, I let you say your name. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I love these little moments where you let me speak. It's so fun. It's almost like we're co-hosts. I know. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I was, we are okay. So already, Look, why don't you tell. tell the listeners what's gonna happen? <laughs> Meg's is hyped this week. I, I'm just gonna let Meg's riff for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, last week we did our Flintwood episode, and I went into a little bit the uh, fanfic that I read that was really fun for me, and I of course hyped it up and told Nathan to read it, and luckily you liked it. So we I were did. like, yes. We're going to do an episode on it. So that's what we're here to do. So we're talking more about our our delicious, like, Quidditch muscles <laughs> clashing together. and Literally two- banging Literally. together. <laughs> Oiled and sweaty and it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> if you want, if you want to read the story ahead of time, we have it linked in the description. It's called Nothing Left to Lose by Immortal Banner. And it's about 65,000 words, I think. Um, there's uh, just heads up, definitely check out our list of content warnings because this is definitely a, a fic that gets into a lot of really like heavy um, elements as far as like mental health, homophobia, things like that. So just be prepared for that. But I think that's kind of what also is great about this fic because it's yeah. giving us so much dimension to these characters and it, it makes it real. Like it feels, I, I can feel, it's just, you feel so much. There's just so much emotion in this and that's what drew me in. So definitely yeah. check that stuff out. Um, but it's amazing. It's, 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 it's great. <laughs> Well, supposedly the best Quidditch matches are where the triumph is earned. And I really feel like for the characters, the triumph is earned in this thing. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, I'm happy. So yeah, there are definitely some darker themes, some meteor issues, and some potentially triggering topics that we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about in this episode because of that. But don't worry, stick around because it all comes yeah. good in the end. 
Exactly. Yeah. And she, you know, we're not here to try and traumatize anybody. If no, we exactly. <laughs> we enjoyed it. Ultimately, yeah. we we enjoy these deep dives into character. Yes. And we think you do too. And, and yeah. a, a little bit of trauma. I mean, we've all come through trauma. A little bit yes. of trauma is, is good to talk about in a safe and loving environment, which we hope this is. So mm-hmm. if you stick with us, thanks very much. We love you. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So of course, like starting out, like we think of how um, like Oliver and Marcus are written in this story, which I, when I first read this, I was like, oh my gosh, these are them for me. Like this is, this is my new headcanon of like who these two boys are. And I, I just, I love that for me and for anyone else that reads this story. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. Like, especially for Oliver, like his he has a complex narrative because of course he's still Oliver who's on Puddlemere United. Like he's the keeper now. He's one of the starting keepers. It took him a while to get there. He's still really into Quidditch, but he also acknowledges that he was super obsessed, like in school, and now he's like, It's a passion. I love it. I take it seriously. Like that's why I'm doing Quidditch. And mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately he like probably many people who came out of the war, he suffers from extreme like PTSD. So here's a, you know, first in our heavy topics, he will have nightmares and panic attacks and, and, you know, pretty much usually randomly, but at night, like a night situation, usually nightmare influence sort of thing. And so he's been in this relationship (laughs) with this guy named Shane. And oh Shane. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. He's and... a dirty birdie. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane is his fiance from you know, we start uh, off and it's like, okay, they're planning to get married, which yeah. is already like, okay, this is this is great. How are we gonna get away from this? This is a Flintwood, you know, situation. Yeah. And then as course as we start reading, we realize Wow, this guy is so such a dick. Awful. He's the worst. <laughs> He's definitely super like selfish and like uh, definitely I've been in a position that Oliver was in where he thinks Oliver's dreams are silly. Like when are you going to go grow up and get a real job? And oh, I'm I'm not going to go support you at games because it's boring. Why would I want to do that when I have all this work to do? And yet yeah. he expects he works at the ministry and he expects Oliver to go with him to all his parties and all these things and Oliver does because he's like cuz I'm a, a actually a decent partner, so <laughs> I do those things, but mm. then as far as like he just expects that Shane's not going to show up for him. Like, he's just settled in that because, regard. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because he, you you learn as you read that he's sort of depended on him as emotional support post mm-hmm. the nightmares post-war. So yeah. really, that's the reason he's been sticking around with Shane. But really, what's so um, sad about this situation is not just that Oliver finds the new arrangement where Shane doesn't come to the matches acceptable and grows into it but it also you you realize that Shane did used to come to the matches and did used to be supportive initially but it's that as time has gone on Shane has just revealed more and more of his true colors and Mm -hmm. they aren't very supportive Uh, Shane is very self-centered um Mm -hmm. which is 
you know, one of the reasons that as a character you're not supposed to root for him. Um, but also, you just end up feeling a bit bad for Oliver. Yeah. I should say that this fic is a bit of a slow burn in that regard mm-hmm. because you... So the chapters alternate perspectives, generally. So you'll get a chapter in Oliver's perspective and then a chapter in Marcus's. Mm-hmm. And Oliver and Marcus don't even meet each other in the fic until, like, chapter five mm-hmm. of... 19 i think it is so it's a reasonable chunk of the text into the text Mm -hmm. and it it you really i think it sets it up that way precisely so you will root for characters and the Mm -hmm. exposition is well you know laid down for you before you start investing in the idea of a flintwood relationship Mm -hmm. but that is what i wasn't expecting coming into this fic because you know, I had no idea. But most of the Flintwood that I've read tends to be very one-shotty, tends to be, mm-hmm. you know, one-night standy sort of mm-hmm. things. And this fic takes the idea of a one-night stand and sort of turns it on its head a little bit. I don't know if you yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah, well, and then one thing that I really thought was interesting, because like you said, with like Flint, like either the story is like kind of cold open, like, oh yeah, they hate each other, they're at each other's throats, how do we turn this into a romance situation? With this one, both of them acknowledge that they haven't thought about each other since they left school. Like, mm-hmm. when they saw each other, when they finally meet each other, both of them were like, oh hey, I remember that guy, wasn't he the, the Quidditch captain for the Slytherin slash Gryffindor team? Like, whatever that you know, rivalry and obsession that was between them was just during school. Like they were obviously super involved in the moment of the rivalry of be- of beating each other at school. Once they left, it didn't it didn't matter. Like it wasn't that big of a deal versus you think of like reading. I mean, I always it's easy to go and and can change and to compare to like dreary or something but it's like there's always that oh like even though it's like however much time later like i remember how i felt about the person (laughs) or i've never quite forgot them and for and of course to me i think it's interesting but also i don't believe it like i wasn't necessarily like convinced like i accepted that that was how it was in this story and so then they were going in to essentially get to know each other all over Mm -hmm. again so they didn't have too many preconceived notions they were just like like even marcus is the one who's like that doesn't matter that was back in school and oliver was the it starts being the hot head of like well i remember when you blah 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 and he's like dude that was like 10 years ago like what do you (laughs) or whatever (laughs) like he's like why are you bringing this up like it doesn't matter but uh but but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, gosh, I don't even remember what, <laughs> what the initial like question was because I just got like swooped into that with a one shot and yeah, blah, blah. Oh, but, I was um, talking about yeah. how um, we were thinking about turning the idea of a one night stand on its head with this fic. Mm, okay, well, so of course, I mean, I think that we can put a pin in that because obviously we'll come around to them, you know, it, meeting each other. This is where we'll do whatever. editing magic, you know, yes, cut exactly. and slice. We'll, yeah, <laughs> put we'll this put, yes. somewhere else. We will, <laughs> the we'll, come back to will it. have the appearance that we are capable of producing a cogent thought every now and again. Yes, yes. continue. What do you want to say next? <laughs> yes. So it was like, as we were saying, as far as like starting, starting off with having a significant amount of the text as root, starting to root for people, you, you meet the characters that you know that you're going to be there for. And then you meet the characters who you're like, dude, you're like, Oliver and Marcus have toxic people in their lives. And it's them True. trying to navigate how they 
how they live with that toxicity, if they can get away from that toxicity. Luckily, event oh, this is Ogan, oh, this is another one of the, the saddest things is Oliver is self-aware that Shane isn't enough. Like he's self-aware. He talks him like over and over again, he's like, I know it shouldn't be this way. Or he ran into Katie Bell and Alicia Spinnett like randomly after years and they were like oh yeah blah 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 and like your you know your boyfriend like oh he didn't make it and like oh like he just like he's like wow i don't care that he didn't and that's a problem and like it was just yeah the whole time you're just like dude just do it and finally i love that it was just like he just made the choice he's like you know what i'm not happy like i'm 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 done and i'm leaving right now and <laughs> just Went to his sister's house and and cut it off in comparison to Marcus, who's in the he's in the position where he actually came out relatively early, like at least to his family. Yeah, um, I think he was like 15, 14, 15 when he actually yeah, that, came out to his family. Seems right. Yeah. Yeah. And so his parents have known that he's, you know, that he is gay. But the whole time, of course, they're of the mindset of like, oh, this is a phase. Like, this isn't, you know, you're just yeah. trying to rebel. Like, you're just, this isn't going to be you forever. And their entire goal, regardless of him having an older brother, like, what is, I mean, I feel like these guys should, <laughs> they, his parents should be happy that they have, he has an older brother, Chris, who has a pure blood girlfriend, soon to be a fiance sort of thing. And yet they're trying to, like, they're shopping for pure blood heiresses to marry to Marcus. And so like, yeah. he'll, Luckily for him, I don't know how he how he got away with it because as far as we understand, he's still getting money from his parents. Like his sister, his older sister doesn't because Amy, who's his oldest sister, she married a Muggle and therefore like that's right. She sort of gets black yeah. family style was like literally cut off and pr is pretends you know for those that watched uh, Encanto like she's the Bruno. Like you don't talk. <laughs> Amy. We don't talk about Amy. Amy, no, no. <laughs> We're into the Disney references already, people. <laughs> 15 minutes in, that's late for us. I'm proud of us that we managed 15 minutes with nothing. So uh, you're lucky, listeners, actually. You know, if you didn't come here for my singing, then what are you here for? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, of course, there's Amy who Marcus knows how she lives and how it's like she loves John and is happy in her choices, but he knows how much it hurt her to have mm -hmm. been cast out of the family. So for him, it's been hard for him to navigate, like, how can I be who I am, but also have my parents accept me, even though I know it's impossible. And the only way it's going to happen is if I fit into what they want me to be, but I also know I can't do that. And of course, his, him processing things is is very different. Like from the very beginning, the history of Marcus ever, he has only slept with people once. And he and he's definitely right. like he's getting around like he's just having one night stands with muggles only because he knows that he can he doesn't he doesn't have a phone so he can't save phone numbers or like he'd be able to shake which off. by the way is the worst excuse in the world like how easy would a muggle phone be to procure I know like, I know but it's, but it's I... just oh you can't contact me because I don't have a phone <laughs> I mean come on Mark it's like <laughs> what <laughs> 
but yes, I, yeah. yeah, sorry, didn't mean to cut across your point. Yeah, yeah he's and he's, it's just yeah, he has and he has this one bar that's like the bar that he'll go to, and it's funny because obviously he'll see all the people that he's like slept with, but he's like, yeah, I just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just ignore them, like, no big deal sort of thing. And uh, so, and he, and he, that's his, like, issue of, like, him not being able to be in a relationship or feeling like he deserves to be in a relationship. And mm. there's just, there's so much about Marcus's character that's obviously a lot of, like, self-loathing and ex- and accepting the fact that it's like I'm not a worthy person and that's just who I am like he's literally accepted that he's not you know worth having more than just you know what he's what he's doing and what he has and it's just it's so sad yeah and it's sad because that's of course the reality for a lot of people in that position is that they that other people's homophobic ideas end up rubbing off on them and they get sort of internalized and you you sort of mm-hmm. think no oh maybe i'm not worthy maybe this is all i love or amount to maybe you know and and i i don't know if this was was me reading too much into marcus's character but i sort of felt like maybe because of the pressure his parents were putting him under with, you know, having to find an heiress and and conform, that the lifestyle he was choosing, like, he couldn't commit to anybody. Yeah. Be- precisely because he was like, I ca- he, he actually says in the text, or, well, it, I don't know if he says it out loud, but we have those moments of introspection where he's like, I can't be emotionally vulnerable with anyone because they'll get too close and I can't yeah. let anybody get too close. And... There's that thing of, um, I think there's a very relatable impulse to want to push people away Mm -hmm. to save yourself and them from the further heartache of, you know, whatever, whatever it might happen to be. So even though it is sad, it was that part of it I thought was very well written Mm -hmm. because certainly to me, um, that had a chord of relatability to Mm -hmm. it. Mm hmm. And a lot of it was stemmed from his parents. Like, I think something that he thinks about as he and Oliver start getting closer is like, I don't let people in because letting people in means that they have to see my parents and how they treat me and therefore how they would treat them. And it's just like, he's, he's just trying to put on the strong point of like, I can take this, I do take this, but I wouldn't wish it upon anyone else. So I'm not going to do that, you know, for anybody. But, uh. But yeah, so once we get into them actually meeting, so it's funny because like Oliver just has his moment where you just want to be like, huzzah, like he comes, he comes in and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. I don't, I don't love him anymore. Like, it's just, I can't do this. And he just literally leaves and goes to his sisters, I think. And, uh, and oh, okay. You need to talk about like, so he obviously breaks up and he knows it's the right thing to do, but of course he's only known this relationship for, I think five or six years like a long you know they've been together a long time and he goes into obviously his state of post-breakup depression (laughs) and spends the whole day in his pajamas while his sister and her husband is at work and he watches friends he does (laughs) i made it like there's a specific (laughs) note in my notes that that i was like i love that depressed oliver watches friends all day again massively relatable uh we've all (laughs) been there i i loved that but there was a moment as well where um his sister acknowledges it and she goes so you've just been watching friends all day and he goes oh that's what it's called and i was Mm -hmm. like 
Oliver, it's right there in the titles. <laughs> How, How do you not this? see it every single time? <laughs> Friends. Like, it's he obviously is not even present in whatever. And uh, so, of course, like the biggest thing that I, I mean, I don't necessarily think is like the healthiest way to move on from a breakup but his biggest right. thing was like the, the way for you to get over it is to move on i'm like eh, it's been two like, days right like, away eh. yeah <laughs> like even if he has acknowledged like i am not in love with this person anymore like it's still a loss of something that he'd invested in for so long but i think what what was in his favor was that he he wasn't i don't think he was prepared or ready to actually do it like he goes he has to like look up his <laughs> what is it his um his his sister's boyfriend or husband or whatever Who is a like mogul. hey yeah yeah hey use the my computer and you can look up to try and find <laughs> some sort of gay bar nearby and so he like looks up and finds this muggle gay bar and decides to like go and of course that's the one that marcus frequents and it happens to be the night that Marcus is like, quote unquote, not in the mood because I think he just had like a blow up with his family sort of thing. Right. So he was literally just going to hang out there because it's just, it's where he goes. Like that's where if he's not at, I think Adrian and Terrence um, are together and he'll like go see them. But as far as like, we don't know him having too many friends or a social life out of him literally going and pulling every night. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's literally right. his life is I go to work and then I go to the bar and then I go home. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, um, so I think for Oliver and Marcus, it was an instance of, oh, wow, if I didn't see you here, I probably wouldn't have gone home with anybody like either of them like i feel like all of yeah. them would have a hard time thinking about like just like a stranger like i feel like he would probably freak out by that like it would just he wouldn't be right. able to do that like and like you say yeah. it was so soon it was yeah. so soon it's a very quick leap to go from i'm leaving you i can't do this anymore mm -hmm. to then be like let's go and have a quick bang in the loose it's it's right you know yeah you know that's that's very fast and i don't uh besides which i don't think oliver ever was that character anyway he's sort yeah. of characterized in this fic as a bit of a softy and mm -hmm. you know that comes across in his you know being the more initially anyway the more emotionally vulnerable one mm -hmm. and yeah and that is uh how he is in my head canon as well especially in this pairing um but he like you say it just it happens too fast he wouldn't have been ready for it and i think it's one of those ones where the author is setting us up for look here is the serendipitous moment where they yeah. where these two friends from school meet each other in circumstances they shouldn't be meeting each other in and because of that then they start to become you know they feature in each other's minds more yeah and the way i think that this is also, like you said, like serendipity, like it's also an instance where when you're not necessarily looking, you find yeah. what you need sort of thing. So it's I like- I hate that, by the way. I know, I no, no, no. That no. rule so much. Like, I, I know that's I've been not works. looking for years. Where the hell are you? <laughs> it's, uh, what is it? Wendy, Wendy Cope has a poem and there's a line in it. There's something about- um, Bloody men are like bloody buses. You wait for about a year, and just as you're about to board one, two or three others appear, something like that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. 
It's so that that is so relatable about this fic as well. Um, but yes, I, I definitely feel like it is just it's that moment of when you're not expecting it, that's when it strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like any fanfic tropes. It's not that doesn't happen in real life, but that's why we love it so much. <laughs> it's all about the yeah yeah yeah. Maybe we we like fanfic precisely because we don't like real life. We're like bored of the way that the rules of real life work. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we, we need to see it working. So, mm-hmm. okay, like eventually this fic does come around to that. Of course, there are some roadblocks thrown up along the way mm-hmm. and their their path toward each other is by no means clear or, you know, mm-hmm. um, what's the word? What am I? What am I trying to say? I mean to say it's complicated, and even mm-hmm. after they like start talking, uh, things are um, a little bit all over the place, as we've mentioned. You know, there's internalized homophobia. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of extra pressure from outside of the relationship. There's all sorts of wonderful miscommunication that mm-hmm. happens, and then and they're both in their heads, and of course, because it's fanfic, neither one of them talks to the other one about it. No, exactly. So- so there is so much <laughs> angst. The yes. angst is off the charts. It's, but it's so worth good. It. It's so good. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, of course, the first night they meet, like I said, like, Marcus is there at the bar just drawing. Like, that's his thing that he does for fun is he likes to draw. I love that. Yeah. I love that Marcus sketches. That's yeah. such a lovely character detail. Yeah, sorry, continue. No, and then something that we, that I had canon beforehand and reading it like actually in this fic that the reason why Marcus struggled so much in school because as we brought up before you know accidentally it was written that he was doing seventh year twice initially before the books yeah. were re-edited um, <laughs> like <laughs> the reason why he did so poorly in school was because he was undiagnosed dyslexic so he yeah. had issues learning that no one knew how to like help him you know, help accommodate him in that way. So he was never Because Hogwarts able... is useless. Yes, Hogwarts is useless in that regard. So of course, that's another reason why he has some self-loathing is the fact that he never amounts to anything. And his parents like know that for him. Like even though he works at Gringotts and people are like, ooh, Gringotts, are you a curse breaker? He's like, well, I work in the department, but I literally just count the artifacts and the he gold. counts gold like yeah. he's like i literally just sit there and count gold all day like and bill is his boss which i think is is great so i just bill just being there is just super fun you and, love um, bill i yeah knew the moment, i love I bill. Knew the moment bill came into it I was like <laughs> this is another reason negs loves this thing i know just... and he's barely in it but it's like he's there so yeah and that was another <laughs> fun thing like like fleur will come and marcus's like coworker will go nutso, you know, like have the like villa, you know, and and Marcus is just sitting there like, nah, it's not doing it for me. And that was something that he and Oliver talk about that they were like, yeah, we were just watching all our friends be idiots because (laughs) we are unaffected by the villa, (laughs) which is so great. But, uh, but yeah, it's okay. So it's funny. I love this. I love this so much for the author as far as like once we get to the point where it's like, okay, they're going home together. Obviously, they're really into each other. And it just that chemistry sparks almost immediately. Like even when they're getting ready to leave the whole time, they're just like, where's the closest alley? Where can it like they just they want to get out of there. Like I think Oliver in particular is just like, damn, I just want to climb this dude like a tree, even though I'm a tree myself. Like it's just like I just 
so but the author in the author's notes is like apologies if this smut is awful because i'm a lesbian and i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) that that is one of my favorite author's notes of all time i was I was just, I loved it. And it was hot. Like, all the smut scenes were still super hot. Like, I just... It was. It just, it was just so funny. That just, like, sorry if this is bad. I literally just don't, don't know what dicks do. I just don't, I just don't know anything about them in real life. I don't, I don't know what dicks do. That's, that's our next merch. We need that on a badge. Oh, no. A pin. I don't. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Oh, oh. And no, sh- no shade to lesbians. I'm sure you do know how dicks work. Of it's course just- you know. <laughs> yeah, you you know. You just it's oh. it's not your preference. Like mm-hmm. at the party, you're going to be looking in a different direction, which is yeah. absolutely valid. That yeah. is totally valid. But I also love the the little moment of just in case this isn't perfect. I yeah. am a lesbian. And I maybe have less of a grounding in how everything... Right. And luckily with fanfiction, like, we expect things to be overdone or overexplained mm. or, like, give gaps of, like, disbelief that we're just like, it doesn't work that way, but it sounds hot, so we're just going to go with it. <laughs> but I, mean, I, mean, but I, I swear, I mean, it was, like, everything that I read, like, I enjoyed immensely. I thought they... They did a really great job. So exactly, <laughs> yes. I I have no complaints. I thought everything. There there are about. I think there are about three detailed smut scenes peppered yeah. through the fic at various intervals, and all of them were impressive. So I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I thought that was very expertly handled. I don't yes. have any notes. I was all ready to have notes on the smut because I thought the smut was going to be like anatomically interesting after mm-hmm. I read the author's note. But then I I just found myself getting lost in it, which is the good sign. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. suspend your disbelief. You don't want to be going, hmm, a dick can't bend that way. Or I don't remember <laughs> him putting it in there. <laughs> Pow. As <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hit my mic. He, he powed the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, buddy, what was it? In the, it? Okay, so another like tidbit. So right now it's the would you rather challenge for Oliver Wood centric, you know, works. So in our Discord, we played our writing game Ministry Mayhem, and we decided to do an Oliver Wood centric one. And something that you decided to do last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just was like, oh, and we did it, and there was like ten of us. It was amazing, and it was a smut fest, like it is, and it was just great. But it was like one of our one of the people, Danny, was like, what is it we call again when it's like insta anal? And I was like, pow, and so that everyone was setting pow gifs, like pow, pow, pow. It was great. It was fantastic. We're like, what but do we also- call insta anal? Because that, that just happened. <laughs> but also, there was a moment where, so the way Mayhem works is that you get the previous line sent to you and then you have to write something that follows on from it. Um, and so, so all you see until the very end, after everyone's written anything, is the last line before you have to go. And obviously... <laughs> So obviously because this person hadn't seen further back, they only were seeing the immediately preceding line. And there was was a moment where uh, somebody was talking about 
um, going soft after having done things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they put in brackets, if they hadn't already done that. Well, <laughs> There was like, and then what was it? And then Oliver passed out ever after coming so hard. If he hadn't passed out already, <laughs> yes. I that was just the, the funniest thing. I uh, and if Oliver Oliver passed out, if he hadn't already passed out. <laughs> look, do we have? Is it possible to link our ministry mayhem yes. from last night yes. in the description? We should do that as well. Yeah, because we're posting it to the collection. So yes. Now, obviously, it's very, very not safe for work. Do not read this at all if you're in any way sensitive about anything sexual but you know if you are you're probably not listening to this no. so and like for anyone that do, for anyone that just wants to be lost in what i will call a phalalanche of um <laughs> of interesting diversions uh, also marcus flint is there <laughs> charlie weasley and lee jordan apparently so that's and hagrid that's, and hagrid is like voyeur there which is really random like crying about how beautiful the scene is <laughs> i mean it's just like... anyway back to the fic yeah <laughs> but anyway go read go read our ministry mayhem yes. if you haven't already it's it's a lot of fun it's a mess and, literally uh, I, it's such a mess they made such a mess <laughs> I'm thinking I should podfic that at some point. If I do, in between yeah. now and when this episode is released, we'll link that in the description as well. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. I just, I would love to see how far you could get with all of that. Like, without, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to corpse so much, but it'll be great. Anyway, back to the story. Anyway, yes, back so. to the story. So, of course, they have their night together. And then, what is it? He accidentally, like, spends the night. And like wakes up and he's yeah. like, oh crap, I, I better go. And Marcus, who normally is like, kicks people out or leaves while they're sleeping. Like he's never mm-hmm. stayed the night with anybody. He's like, oh yeah, go, obviously. But then he was like, why was I not mad that he like accidentally stayed? Like he's just like already contemplating that something's a little bit different. And of course he's worried about the fact that he's like, the reason I don't, I do muggles is because I know that I either don't know them or haven't met them before or have no connection to my real life which is the wizarding world and so Mm -hmm. oliver is somebody that he knows and is a wizard and they have history together so of course it's like he can't just like forget his name you know what i mean like whoever can't ghost him yeah so it's like both of them even after it happens they're like wow like even oliver's like wow i needed that and it was great and then he's like realized like i feel now i realize i'm like i don't feel bad about it like it's it just kind of validated the fact that he needed to leave the relationship he was in so i feel like that helps justify even how like weird it was that he moved so quick it was just like oh that he's like i'm not emotionally invested in this relationship at all anymore so when he goes Mm. he's like prepared when he goes to get all of his stuff from like shane's place which of course i'm like if it's both your place like whose is it actually and of course okay i guess you're just gonna be the one to leave but he was well of course it makes more sense in the text for him to leave because it's like making more of a statement but yeah i get that as well i I was like wait why are you what what yeah he he had the like i slept with someone in his arsenal in case like shane was gonna start being like you know try and get him to come back because oliver is like was afraid that he would like cave 
back even though he knew it right, wasn't the thing. yeah he's like i need i need something to remind myself that this is you know so that it could just cut it you know cut it off which is what happened and yeah. it just so luckily in that regard when it's over it's over like we don't get any ex you know we don't get extra overlapping angst with shane it's like he's done with shane and then Shane's mm. gone, and which is good. Like it's not like he tries to get Oliver back. Or the only thing with Shane that we get is Oliver's parents, who aren't necessarily homophobic, but they have that like microaggressive tendency to say things right, that yeah. they don't realize are hurtful, but are. And the fact that it's like, oh, if you know, if you're gonna be gay, at least it's with someone as great as Shane, which of course then gives a lot of pressure and you know doubt and self just feeling so bad for leaving to get it end that relationship because he knows his parents loved him so much and so that's like another hard thing to deal with too it's just right. when you're with someone so long they're so intertwined with your life your friends your family everything it's not going to be easy so but and of course his parents are like we've been planning this wedding like okay i get it like that's gonna be a mess like <laughs> you have all of this going on so yeah I mean, but even like when he first was like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm going to leave. And he's like, so the wedding's off. And he's like, yeah, Shane, the wedding's off. And he's just like, okay. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Then and he he's leaves. so antiseptic about the, the whole reaction is because the, so you start to get this impression whenever you first meet Shane. And I think uh, Oliver is coming back from a Quidditch match. And Shane is doing work at the table or something. He has his laptop open and doesn't look up from it. Like, mm -hmm. he, he'll, he says, like, hello. But you get... But the text is very good at showing you how disinterested Shane is in really any of Oliver's life. Yeah. It's like, it's like the one moment they're a couple legitimately is whenever Oliver's waking up from his nightmares and Shane mm -hmm. is there to provide that comfort for him mm -hmm. but but that that's it yeah in every other respect mm -hmm. he's a complete douchebag yeah and even though like the first time we meet him oliver is, has won the game he goes out to you know celebrate and then there's this like dick that was on the other team who's just going around oh like, chad yes chad who of course like keeps like using homophobic slurs at him saying like you shouldn't be in the league. You People like you shouldn't be allowed. And of course, then Oliver's like, say it again, say it again. And he does. So he punches him. And so it was enough to like wreck his, you know, his hand. So when Shane saw that his hand was like bleeding or whatever, he's like, what happened? And he told him what happened. And he's like, why did you punch him? You shouldn't have let it, you know, get to you or whatever. And he's like, seriously? Yeah, you shouldn't have lashed out. Yeah. He's like, you didn't, you weren't there. If you were there, maybe then you could have, you know, talked me out of it or convinced me, you know, a better way to react act but if someone's coming at me so hard like i'm not like he's he's in a, a they're in a bar like it's not like he just like walk away like he just dealt with it and so that was another thing too like yes it wasn't the best way for him to handle it but we understand why he did what he did because it sounds yeah. like he sees this guy a lot and he's just always like this and finally he just was like over it and so then shane wasn't in his corner in that regard either so we're already seeing like 
oh, he does. He got home and he didn't say anything until Oliver was like, oh, hi, I'm back. And he's like, oh, hey, Oliver. Like, and I mean, it's just anyway, we, we've spent so much time on Shane. Let's move on. We don't like Shane. Shane is, is, is he's, he's gone. Thank God. And Shane is a disaster to... human. And uh, we're, we're pleased that more of the fic isn't devoted to him. To Let's him. now move to a point in the fic where he doesn't feature. Okay. Yeah. So what, what do you want to talk about? Are we going to talk about like the beginnings of the the sort of the friends mm-hmm. with benefits thing that that um, yeah, well, it's I, not even a, it's not even friends with benefits it really is just fuck buddies yes it's they, that's, they literally yeah. apparate over to each other whenever they're feeling horny yeah that's literally just and obviously it shows what kind of life they live because it's just you know they're like i'm just around and ready for whatever and uh so like in the beginning like obviously they had planned on it not happening happening again but both of them couldn't stop thinking about it and so then when they actually had that next moment of seeing one another at gringotts that we talked about Mm -hmm. in the last episode i still love that moment because it's like oh you know i couldn't stop thinking about you and then all of a sudden i see you for the second time in like the span of a few days and i haven't seen you in however many years and so then Oliver is like waiting like and Bill oh I love this Bill like knows something's up like he can tell and he's like you're you're pretty close to being done counting that like can't you get like you can give it to your co-worker he'll finish it up leave early and like so of course Marcus leaves and runs into Oliver because Oliver is just chilling in the entryway like just sitting reading a magazine for no reason and so then they talk and then they realize like oh i can't stop thinking about it. it's like want to do it again yeah let's do it right now yeah and they they literally (laughs) just like leave and go go to do it again and so then they decide they're like oh it's going to be casual like even um oliver is like all well marcus is like i can't do relationships i don't want you to catch feelings like we're just It'll just be strictly sex. And then Oliver's like, I'm not ready for a relationship. So that's not what I want. So we're just going to do it this way. And so then that's how it was for a long time. Like weeks or even a month or longer than that. That's literally how it was. Was just them, like you said, like either sending an owl or showing up at each other's flat. Like, okay, let's, you know, do this. And it isn't until like there's, we start seeing because all of, because even though they're just doing that, they're still they're still woven into each other's lives. So the moment we start seeing things shift is when Marcus starts having his issues with his parents. And of course that comes home with him. And so the next time Oliver comes over, he knows something's wrong. And of course the sweet Oliver that he is, he's like, I know it's not my place to ask, but I do care about Marcus and I want to support him. But if he's not comfortable with it, I shouldn't, but it just, it still bothers him. And, And it reaches a point till eventually like Marcus is like, I, he has to tell him at least to an extent what's going on because Oliver's just losing his mind. He's like, just, just tell me enough. Like, let me understand so that, you know, so, and we get that turning point when eventually like Marcus had, had actually told the family, I think it was the Greengrasses, Daphne Greengrass was going to be proposed or like given, you know, they were going to be engaged and he's like, no. well you know too bad i'm gay and he says that like literally to the whole table and his dad has like fire eyes and you can tell like normally he would tell the girl in private and then she'll like she'll be relieved well he knows by saying that in front of that family that it's gonna get around like it's gonna get around and everyone's gonna know and but i guess like chris the the family does a like yearly holiday 
like Christmas party or whatever. Hosts yes, a Christmas they have a party, ball. Yeah, the Flints do. And so Chris tells comes to Marcus because of course Marcus has to go, and he's like, just so you know, the green grasses and our parents are both are under the impression that this is just a phase so when you go there like you're there to be essentially be there with Daphne sort of situation and they're gonna try and get Marcus to actually like accept to something like that so then Chris is like is there anyone you can bring with you and of course Marcus is like no and then he's like well I guess I could ask Oliver but that would be weird because we're not boyfriends. Like, it's just like, maybe he could just help me out. And so that's like the turning point of the relationship of, oh, we going, it's like, yeah, we're just pretending. But then in pretending, you realize it's like, it feels natural. Like it wasn't, it wasn't forced. And yeah. Oliver was able to see firsthand the way he's, Marcus was treated by his parents. And it was bad enough to the extent that he literally just like, they like apparated like out of the party and just left. And then Marcus broke down in tears, like right in front of Oliver. Wanted comfort. Oliver gave it to him, wanted Oliver to stay over. And they literally just like held each other like the, the whole night long. And that's when everything kind of changed. But of course, Marcus being who he is, is just convincing himself of like, oh, we're still... Obviously, we're still not emotionally, you know, involved or whatever, even though things slowly start changing. And even yeah, even Oliver's aware of this is, you know, this is definitely different. And I think they end up like having some sort of fight either before the party or whatnot. And so then Oliver's like, oh, yeah, we're not exclusive. And if he's going to be a dick to me, like I could just go find someone else and goes to the bar. And that's when he finds out from the bartender like, oh, I haven't seen Marcus in weeks. And yeah, it's like, oh, are you like a thing? Because he's only ever slept, as far as I know, with one a person with a guy once. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's just like, wait, what's so special about me? Why am I worried about what's so special about me? And it's just so it's this whole it is like even though they get involved, it is still a slow burn. Like it's still them. It's a very slow burn. We get to see their mindset and how it grows together the whole time. And you know what's going to happen, but it does come very, you know, gradually. But it's just there's there's even those moments like eventually he's like, oh, I'm going to invite Marcus to come to my Quidditch match. And Marcus is like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. I haven't been to a Quidditch match in forever, like not really thinking about it in any regard. And it's just... They start doing like the boyfriend things and it's okay. Without even consciously realizing it. Yeah. Neither of them re- neither of them gets this. Yes. Like this is the the irony of Marcus going, Don't catch feelings yes. is that the entire time he's thinking about Oliver. He's catching feelings. Yes. Like the 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 whole point of this was like, I need to distance myself. But like the flip side of that is part of him subconsciously is aware of just how much he does care. And so I think it's actually after the Quidditch match, whenever, um, because Oliver has, I think they have a, a fallout or there's some sort of disagreement, but then Oliver meets up with, is it Katie and Alicia? And they say, oh no, like, this is Marcus actually does love you. He actually yeah. does have feelings for you. Yeah. And they spot it when he turns up. He was like enamored. He wouldn't, he didn't take his eyes off you like at the game. Yeah. Like he's like, of course I looked at him when I caught, when I saved a, a goal because 
he's obviously going to be looking at me, but didn't had no idea that Marcus was literally watching him the entire time. And well, exactly. Yeah. So they just, they have those moments of like, and oh, and then there's the first instance where, because like they had the moment of after the party of like, okay, Oliver stays over. So then it starts going like, it's okay if we stay over, like, it's fine. And like, oh, we cuddle now. And it's just, but it's still just, it's just cuddling. Like, it's nothing. And Oliver has his first nightmare with Marcus there. And so then Marcus sees for the first time his, Mm. that instance. And that's when he opens up about Shane to Marcus and how he was treated there. And even Marcus is like, for as much like toxicity as he experiences in his life, he like immediately is like, dude, that was emotional abuse. Like that, you don't deserve that at all. Like that's, you know, you you need something more. And so Oliver's like, and even in his head, he's like, I never really thought of it. Like when you think abuse, you think like physical, but it was definitely very much like mental, emotional, like abusive behavior. So yeah. they're healing together. Like they're healing you know, like Marcus has seen Oliver's demons. Oliver has seen Marcus's demons, and yet they have no feelings for each other. <laughs> like, but then Oliver, being Oliver, is like realizing he's like, "Hey, I've been in in a relationship for like six years, and this is what you do in a relationship. Like, we yeah. after work, we go to one another's house, we talk about our day, we eat together, we watch TV, we go out and do things, like we stay at each other's house, like yeah, we have sex, but then we cuddle and we sleep together and whatever, like you're doing boyfriend things. And so when finally, like I think he either is convinced or like, because everyone is like, oh, he's your boyfriend, like he's totally your boyfriend's like, no, 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 we're not together. It's like, dude, he's your boyfriend. So then he's like, okay, I gotta like bring it up. And of course him being the rash Gryffindor that he is, is like, Marcus, like, what are we doing here? You know, we're we're doing boyfriend stuff. And he's like, no, I told you to not go catching feelings. And he's like, of oh, course, that's a massive said, red flag to Marcus. Yeah, you said no kissing, no cuddling, no staying over <laughs> each other's houses, no doing anything. To, like, it was like, hmm, look at all these boyfriend things that we do together. And of course, Marcus is just like freak, like he freaking out. Like, we, I think at this yeah. point, we're in Marcus's head. Like, it's Marcus's point of view. And he's just in a panic. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is not what I wanted. This is not and he gets mad about it and of course they have this big fight oliver's hurt and then marcus is like fine i'm gonna leave and and oliver's like fine and then marcus has that instance of like hesitation even though he's the dick like he's the one who's like no i can't do this i'm over this i'm leaving and oliver's like fine and he's like waiting for oliver to stop him but it's like why would he when you made it very clear that you don't want anything like why are you expecting him to keep pushing for it and so then he leaves and he of course goes to the bar because we have mr bartender who's the one who's always there and sees everything yeah. and talks to oliver and talks to marcus oh my gosh we have to talk about new year's eve yes at the bar they're like oh yes, we'll just we go do. as friends to the bar because there's a new year's eve thing and and Marcus tells Oliver about like oh it's just a muggle thing like at midnight like you just kiss someone and they like kiss and it's the first and and then he goes muggles are weird or yes! something like that yeah and it's the first time that they kiss and it's not in the instance of like something sexual like gonna lead to something sexual it's like that passion of like I just want to kiss you and I don't want to stop kissing you like and so it just that was kind of the start 
of everything too. They had gone to the ball together yeah. and had that vulnerable moment. Then they actually started going out and doing things together. It transitioned to all the boyfriend things. So finally, I I can't remember who who Marcus talked to, whether it was Terrence and I don't think it was I don't I don't think it was any of his siblings. I think it might have been but he talked it might to have somebody. Been Terry and Terry and Oh, it was and... it was the bartender. What am I saying? I was like going for full circle of he's like, "Oh, like you and your boyfriend broke up." He's like, "He is not my boyfriend." He's like, "Um, you guys have been together how long now?" And I can just like it's just why why not? Why isn't he? And he's like, "Oh, like he just he goes through his mental process of like I'm I'm still scared. Like I don't want him to be in the life that we have to deal with my parents. I don't want him to I'm not worthy. Like, that's the biggest thing. I'm not worthy. I'm just a guy who counts, you know, like, counts money yeah. at Gringotts. Like, I don't have anything great going for me. Like, Oliver had Shane, who was great, and he's like, I'm not attractive. And, of course, Oliver the whole time is just like, I'm just so into you. Regardless, it's like, your crooked teeth are adorable. Like, he, he's just yeah. so, you know, it's like anything. Like, you, when you fall in love with some people, like, even if there's, like, that initial, like, not super intense attraction, as you get to you fall for somebody all of a sudden you're just like no one else matters and that's like yeah. and that's what happens when they're like okay we're not exclusive and they'll go to the bar but like no one interests them because they're comparing them to oliver or comparing them to market to each other yeah and so it's just the whole time just, oh my god it's it's so good so finally the bartender's like are you gonna seriously like walk away from this and have nothing and be miserable or are you going to risk it, it being amazing? Or if it's going to end up bad, like you'll just get, you know, you got to try. Like, how are you going to know if you don't try? And so then finally. Nothing worth goes, having ever came easy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And so then, of course, he goes, <laughs> he goes to Oliver's flat. And of course, Oliver opens the door and you can tell that Oliver's just like bags under his eyes, obviously has been crying, you know, just a total mess. And he's just like, oh, why the fuck are you here? Because you were literally the biggest dick to me, like not even a day ago. Like, what the heck is happening? And... I think the first line is actually, if you're here for sex, forget about it or something. Yes. Yeah. If you're here for sex, forget it. And he's like, no, no, no. And so then and then the first thing Marcus said is like, did you have a nightmare? And he's like, no, because that was like his first instance of like yeah. being worried about him was like, did, and he's like, no, I didn't. And so then finally goes in and that's when Marcus finally sits down with him and is like, I have to tell you why I said what I said and did what I did and what my fears are. And then they were able to work together on like, and Oliver's like, I'm still all in like all of those things I acknowledge and we will get through it together. And I don't care because I want to be with you and then we see the you know passage of time of them being together mm -hmm. i think like three months or so and they're obviously like so happy and even the instance with um like his parents they go for the engagement party for chris and even amy yeah. marcus's sister who was like disowned essentially was there with her husband the muggle and ultimately yes. eventually like the parents were like well we don't agree with it we don't like it but i guess it's just it is what it is. Like we just have to. It is what it is. And of course, Marcus is like, he wants more. Like he want he wants them to accept him, but he knows that's not gonna be there. And even his sister's like, leave it, Marcus. Like this is the best we're gonna get. And if we want them right. at all, this is pretty much how it's gonna be. But it's just it's so lovely to just see how they work through all of those things and how much like just 
like, especially for Oliver, like, everything that Marcus supplied for him was what was missing with Shane. And then everything that Marcus didn't know how to work through or be able to handle on his own, Oliver is there to support him completely. It's just... Yeah. They're just so wonderful. Like, they're just so wonderful together. And, oh my gosh, and what is this? Like, there was, like, because I think... I don't know if it was after he realized that Marcus only slept with people once. Oliver got insecure about the fact of like, if I don't change things up, like he'll get bored with me. Oh, yes. Sort of thing. So, and so then he finally, he offers, he's like, I can bottom this time if you want. And of course, Marcus is just like, seriously? Like, <laughs> like just where did that come from? And he's just like, oh, no, I want to do it. But he was, he was like scared if I, if we don't, you know, mix it up or whatever. And yeah, I just and it it was funny to like how how Oliver was kind of caught off guard at the beginning that Marcus is like, I'm fine with whatever. Like, I don't really care. Like, and he's like, oh, you've never bought him before. And he's like, no, Shane never let me like, you know, sort of thing. And he's just yeah. like, oh, he's one of those. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like Marcus was like a power bottom. Yeah, yeah. So Marcus is like, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm good with either. So then, you know, it's just it is it, it, it was. That was that was nice too. The fact that they were able to kind of do role reversals and be able to give each other like all of what they needed without, you know, any limitations and things like that. And I don't know, it just the whole time it's really slow. It's very emotional. There's so much angst, but it's just so beautiful how it how everything like ends up and when it ends, I'm like that's it. It's over. I know. <laughs> like I want so I much more. It's just <laughs> It's so good, but there's just so many elements in the timeline that you're just like, oh, here's a significant driver that starts. It's like a domino effect of like, oh, here's mm -hmm. a thing and this one falls and then here's the other thing and that one falls and it's like that slow trickle of how things go. And and I love all the representation of like of like gayness. We have <laughs> we have Oliver and Marcus and we have Jen who's the seeker in Puddlemere and her girlfriend Luce or Lucy. And then we have right. Katie Bell and Alicia Spinnett and we have Terrence Higgs and Adrian Pusey together. It's just like yeah. everyone aside from like the siblings who are like, I'm gonna be I'm the sister who married a muggle. Like it's like it's like, <laughs> like, like that's seriously what it's like and oh and i love the i love what is it um when when oliver brings marcus over to meet um his sister amelia and then what is it jacob who she's with or something like that yeah and marcus and and jacob start getting into this intense conversation over like muggle versus wizard money and like how stupid right. but like it's just like and they're going back and forth and then it gets into so like soccer or aka football versus quidditch and and the whole time which is is every everyone who doesn't like quidditch uses this argument which is hilarious like i love those instances where those there's things that people are like this is what i think and believe and this is the rhetoric that we all say you know like there's yeah. always that one thing that is said when you believe what you believe he's like the only important person is a seeker. Like if the seeker catches a stitch, then it's over. Why are you guys even doing all the other things? And of course, Marcus is like, you don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And Oliver's like, dude, I've been having this discussion with this guy for years. Like you're not going to get through to him. And he's just like, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, <laughs> it's it's just so funny, like watching him get into it with, it's just it's just so fun it's, and I'll, uh, I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean. It's the joy of seeing people being comfortable with their own mm -hmm. passion because Oliver for so long he's been told that like 
or, or it's been implied that Quidditch is bad yeah. and like it's a it's a like it's implied that it's a school kids game and mm-hmm. it's not really a serious career and he's not taking himself seriously and it like that's a big source of shame for Oliver then because it's so much of his passion is bound up in that. Mm-hmm. So then when he's with someone, because he sort of comes to the realization that if ever I'm gonna be if ever I'm gonna get with someone, they have to be as on board with this passion yeah. as I am. Mm-hmm. And I think if anyone could be, it's Marcus. Right. And we see that then in that conversation with Jacob, mm-hmm. where he's just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm like a dog with a chop. I'm not going to let this go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's just that that instance of Oliver watch, like just watching and it, it be and being validated in that feeling. Like him just be like watching Marcus be passionate and talk about the things and him just being like, wow, I've like, I have it. Like I have what I wanted and, yeah. and needed and he's there and he's perfect for me and wonderful. And it's just, and even like the siblings see it, like all the siblings are on board and are just like, from the moment I met Oliver or met Marcus, I liked him. Like it just, you know, and that was, that was something that Oliver was obviously worried about of like anyone his parents was going to like, compared to Shane, which he hated that that would happen to Marcus. Mm. And but it's but obviously Marcus is different. So eventually they, you know, they obviously warm up to him and all of that. And but yeah, I just oh, and most of their relationship when they get started until the what is it the engagement party, like they decide to be together, they had he hadn't seen his parents since the Christmas party. And so then it's months later that they go for the engagement party. So the whole time, like, they'd been together, they hadn't seen Marcus's parents again. So, of course, like, going into it, like, hey, this is my boyfriend. We've been together for however long. And it's like, this is how it's going to be. And you need to be okay with it. And it just, yeah, I just, ah. Oh, like, obviously, we don't get everything perfect. Because, like we said, like, the parents are just literally tolerating it. And that equally breaks marcus's heart like he didn't he knew he didn't want to walk away like amy had because he knew what it did to her and how it affected her right but he didn't want to compromise what he needed which was so it was literally an impossible task so i could see why he didn't want to invest in anything emotionally or a relationship because he didn't know how to navigate one in his life yeah like how do you even have a relationship when with parents doing that like it just would literally disregard or whatever like it just yeah it's just it's just yeah but also it it, you know it's we might not like to read it because these aren't ideal circumstances within which to form a relationship Mm -hmm. but also it is realistic that a lot of people are emotionally distant or closed off or have past baggage or you know have to work through things in order to get to a happier place and the thing is like what what's that saying it's a quote from somebody but it's not about finding somebody with no baggage it's about finding someone who'll help you unpack Mm -hmm. it's that it's that Mm -hmm. thing and i think you know, they are that for each other in this fic, definitely. That's the impression I got. Uh, some of it was very on the nose about how, like, in the certainly some of the gay culture I've been exposed to, it is very much you shag first and then get to know each other later. Later. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it that, that I found that to be, like, it's, it's sort of horrific reading that because it, it brought home 
to me that that it's like yeah this stuff actually happens this mm-hmm. is the way this and I, I don't want to read this into everybody's experience i'm right. only going off my lived experience but i just think it's sort of well i'm not saying that we have it backwards but it's an interesting way to approach things and i sort of it's not until you read a story like this where you're like oh maybe there is a a different way to do things or maybe there's a way to be to negotiate relationships with people that doesn't quite require require this sort of mm-hmm. clinical you know a to b to c <laughs> approach um i i really i do enjoy it um i had like i said to you i think before we started recording i wasn't overly thrilled with the position that marcus's parents leave in i'm still not happy that all of his parents continue to be like they're better but they're passive aggressive so right. it's, it's a different minefield to navigate my point is, is that this author has strayed away from the temptation to make this uh, an ideal right and to have everything right. be yeah the perfect happy ending mm-hmm. yeah and to have everything be disnified where mm-hmm. it's like you know they live happily ever after mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. We, we, as we've established from all of our Disney songs, we've been con- <laughs> we've been conditioned by for a very long time. Right. Um, but I am I'm glad that the author, you know, maintained a degree of realism with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everybody is accepting, and sometimes life is a bit tricky to navigate. But what I do like is they end up in a position where at least they have each other mm-hmm. and there are moments in this like you said when marcus says you know i think this is being emotionally manipulative when he's talking about shane mm-hmm. i wasn't expecting that lucidity from marcus flint right who you know we canonically we just as we said he's described by harry as trollish mm-hmm. and because of his teeth mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and his height yeah, we and hulking s- form and and being like seen as dumb or whatever which then you know here is it described as the dyslexia situation yeah. and oh yeah. yeah yeah and even and marcus is sensitive to it like even though the whole time through school like he you know he never wanted to come off as someone who wasn't like strong and didn't care but he cared like every time someone jabbed at him in that way of course it you know hurt his feelings like even when he talks about he's like the reason why guys go home with me is because it gets around that i have a big dick (laughs) (laughs) like that's literally what it is he's like i'm not (laughs) he's like i know i'm not a looker but i think that you know guys are happy to come home with me because at least i'm fit and you know like i think flint is probably a looker i think i think he thinks he isn't because he gets in his head about his teeth or he's been told that he isn't one but right. i mean we know that we know that he's burly and muscly and mm-hmm. th- it, like he has to be he has to be thick with two seeds right mm-hmm. like that, that <laughs> is, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just the way of that and i think like it for me this tapped into a really um uh, i don't want to say a raw nerve with me but i i think we are all our own worst critics when it comes to how we look what we're like how mm-hmm. we think yeah, how we act and i think he's really that what this fic establishes is he's been in his head about that for a while he's convinced himself like you say he's not worthy but i also think the you know only sleeping with anybody once thing comes from that 
position of feeling really insecure, mm-hmm. feeling like you don't have anything stable or continuous to offer somebody mm-hmm. because you think at some point they're going to find out about you or be put off by you or whatever mm-hmm. it is that it happens to be. Like that mental trip switch happens. And I'm most pleased that, obviously I'm pleased for Oliver that he ends up with somebody that can balance him out. Mm-hmm. But I'm pleased for Marcus that he ends up in a position where he doesn't feel like he like that's all he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I think he gets to a point where he's like, oh, I, I've been looking for my parents' approval because there really haven't been very many other people that I've cared about in my life. But now that there is somebody, someone else that I can look to and who wants to grow alongside me, I'm going to be... Like, it's much more wholesome for me to be looking for their approval than anything else, you know? And I think he, he like, comes to approve of himself through that. But playing off of the, you know, attractiveness factor, something that really stood out to me, which I loved, that even Oliver was aware of, like, the moment, like, the moment he realized that Marcus stopped, like, started smiling with his teeth, like, and not caring, like, the effortlessness of his laughter, and, like, being happy, and showing, like, himself 100% versus his insecurity, like, Oliver... That's part of the reason what like really brought him to fall in love with him because he's like, I can see the genuine person there and I love it. Like, I love your crooked smile. Like you're you're the <laughs> one of the most handsome guys I've ever seen. Like, why are you saying that about yourself? Like, it's just uh, they're just everything that the other person yeah. needed and it's just perfect. And it's just <laughs> yeah. I'm just so emotional about all of this. I just love this pairing so much, and I just love how how all the characterizations like even the ocs like the siblings and the friends bringing in the like the past quidditch friends from you know gryffindor and slytherin like they all served a purpose that really helped you know grow the narrative too so it wasn't just us seeing the two guys on their own like it was helping them grow separately with friends and having the friends support of seeing like hey this is actually something that you should hold on to and like it just there's just so much i just i really love this like i had read it once and then i reread it again for before doing this episode and i'm just like i loved it just as much the second time as i feel like i'm really in love with the marcus in this just because of how vulnerable he was and how much how broken he was but then watching him heal and how much he needed oliver and how much they needed each other but i loved this marcus because we almost always like i'm not mad like i'm totally down for like super like you know like gruff aggressive like stuffy you know marcus or whatever like you said when we talk about one shots or things like that it's just like bullheaded marcus but to actually (laughs) see him with issues and him struggling to navigate them and accepting them as like this is how it is and i'm broken and not worthy like and even Oliver feels that like he's just like why would anyone want me because I'm broken like I I'm never gonna stop having these nightmares like I'm never gonna you know but even that empowering moment of him having his first one by himself and being able to pull himself out of it to be like 
I can do this. I don't need Shane. Like, and but then the next yeah. one he has is with Marcus, and Marcus is there for him. And I think that's another reason why Marcus was okay with them spending nights together because Marcus was worried about him. So it was like they. It, it just it's just how it happened. Like Marcus, dude. Dude, you caught so many feelings. Like you just know. you were just so silly. Like the whole thing. <laughs> and even Oliver's just like straight to the point. Like and even Marcus after he leaves, he's like, leave it to Oliver to just be the freaking Gryffindor about the situation and just spring that on me. Like <laughs> like I wasn't prepared. Oh man. It's just oh it was so 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 good. I just I I loved it so much. I just there's so many yeah. good 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 examples I do- of everything. I, I do love it. I love them together. I do get frustrated by how many obstacles they throw in their own way by not communicating mm-hmm. and by insisting on being difficult with each other mm-hmm. and by having these weird stipulations, <laughs> not just about the like not staying over, but then also at the ball, um, Marcus prefixes it by going, oh, um, I, th- there's going to be no kissing, yeah. but I'll put my arm around you and I'll, you know, I'll, uh, there'll be... Uh, some stuff so that the whole idea of it is that they approach the ball mm-hmm. like one big fake dating exercise right yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah and the, but then the um, whole time oliver is like slowly like i'd be okay like kissing you on the cheek or something he doesn't say it but he's just like i have to go with what uh, you know marcus is comfortable with but then oliver's starting yeah. to realize like I could do other things. And then they have their moment when they go to the New Year's party and they just like kiss and they kiss in front of people and it doesn't even matter. And and that was another thing too that like he brought up, the bartender brought up to Marcus was like, I was there. I saw that kiss. You don't just kiss someone like that. Like there's something more to that and I know it and you know it. Like, so yeah. Exactly. The bartender in this fic is proxy for a therapist because Mm -hmm. all of the best advice comes from the bartender, the unnamed bartender, Mm -hmm. but also a bartender, think about what they do. They literally dispense medicament, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it literally, like, you are literally being a proxy therapist in this situation. And both of them literally go to this unnamed person for counsel. It's so, like, this is the, this is why I imagine it's a Dumbledore type figure where it's like, um, I'm just gonna, like, say that I'm standing back from the narrative, but mm-hmm. really I'm the architect, you know, pushing the two of them together. Yeah. And I love that, like, the last moment we see the bartender is with Marcus at that moment. And at the very end, before he leaves, he's like, and by the way, my name's Gavin. Like, it just was yeah. like, after all that, even Marcus even says, he's like, man, I really should ask the dude his name. I've only been coming here for years like you know i'm just like since he was 18 and they were i mean add six years like needless to say we still ship this so hard and we loved this story and if you haven't read it like definitely do i mean obviously we gave a good you know lots of spoilers to be had but we can't tell you how great you know we can only express like what we were moved by but you need to experience it for yourself like hands down it's it's so wonderful it's such a great story I'm very grateful to this author for taking a ship that is normally attributed to like one shots and one night stands and Mm -hmm. stuff and extending their arc out to really flesh out why they matter as a couple. Mm -hmm. And this reading this reminded me why I'm invested in them 
so much Mm -hmm. that they aren't just that it isn't only about their quidditch muscles banging together although that is also fun yes but it's but it's also it um the the intensity of the relationship is deepened Mm -hmm. when you realize uh why their quidditch muscles are banging together and i love that so much yeah i love it so much oh man it's now i'm sad because now we're moving on from flintwood to something else (laughs) (laughs) i'll never move on from no we we won't discuss of the ships it'll always be there yeah they'll they'll just be there always but uh but yeah no i i'm so glad we did this because it was it was time (laughs) it was time for especially me to be like okay we need to do a ship that I'm like super excited about, and luckily you're also super excited about. So I just, it's just, I'm. These will be great episodes because I mean, even to the Tamari and the Wolf Star, like those were like the top, our top episodes as far as listens go. And those are obviously yeah. like people probably go in and are just like, we are just top, we are just so hype. Like you could tell what we're hype. <laughs> <laughs> So it's uh yeah, but it's yeah. This was this was so much fun. Flintwood ha- what has been my OTP for a long time, and even when you like you set up the server and everybody was joining, mm-hmm. like when you do the little like intro and bio and about yourself, you can list you know pairings that you're particularly passionate about mm-hmm. and mine were Wolfstar and Flintwood, mm-hmm. and it was about time because we've been sort of doing not necessarily rare pairs but we've been recently doing a lot of pairings that maybe wouldn't jump to people's minds Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah but this for me like flintwood even though they're well are they a rare pair yeah certainly not a a main pairing Mm -hmm. but they they should be a a main pairing Mm -hmm. because they're canon and it matters and and I care about them. Yes, exactly. Uh, That's that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) It was high time. I'm glad we've done it. Yes. I, my, um, yeah, I am so on board with the ship. The flag is flying at full mast, (laughs) much like other things. Mm <laughs> so definitely uh check out like well the, I hope I'm I know for sure at least there's like one or two so far that are Flintwood in the Would You Rather challenge like works that were added and uploaded Ooh. so there has to be some new Flintwood works which is really oh, exciting. Nice. Um, I am so excited to read those. Yeah. I, I really I love when there's like unfamiliar settings or mm-hmm. AUs or as we know I'm a sucker for detective pairings. I wonder if there's a Flintwood yet where they're like on the same aura beat oh and they have to... mm-hmm. I, maybe i need to write this maybe yeah. i'm just like saying out loud what i want to be reading mm-hmm. uh, some something's gonna happen <laughs> at the very least at the very least i want to pod fic the mayhem that was written yes, yesterday that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's always so fun i'm so glad we did that it's just like oh it'd been ages since we played and oh man it was just great it was so so great uh, but oh the- <laughs> <laughs> this is normally the so i think the reason we're caught off guard listeners yeah. is that this is no- normally the place where we'd be going so next week yeah except that because of the new segment that we introduced we don't do that anymore i know so we now just... we're we're both very aware that we have to sign off but as you know from having listened to us regularly <laughs> we don't have a sign off i go bye and Megs hates it <laughs> <laughs> we it's because we can't stop
stop? Like, how do we, how do we slow like a train? Like, that's just it. We're just going, and then all of a sudden, we're like, okay, how do we like stop talking when we can just <laughs> keep talking? I don't, I don't even know. But uh, just yeah, especially the, the with this, podcast could be ten hours long. Yeah, like, it could actually just be us talking for ten hours. I mean, we'd be exhausted afterwards, but we could do it. <laughs> we could do it. Well, it's like I, uh, well, when we do the the um, like the ship the valentine's episode and the christmas episode when we were reading thick <laughs> like yeah we were going for like three and a half hours or whatever and by the end like we're so tongue-tied that i'm just like wow i can't even work it's, like, it's, just, it's just absolutely crazy but yeah so anyway this was so fun i'm sorry to say goodbye to flintwood but i am excited for what's to come because we're doing this till we're 80 so we're gonna <laughs> we got yeah. so much there's so lots more. more to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So, so join us next time and we will see you through the magic of time travel in that episode. Yay! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> so now that you've finished enjoying that episode, I bet you're wondering what we're going to be talking about next time. Will it be a ship? Could it be a trope? What about a character-centric episode? Editing Megs, put the listeners out of their misery. Next time, we'll be focusing on... It's our one-year anniversary episode. So come back to enjoy that at your earliest possible convenience. But, you know, preferably sooner rather than later. Because we do make it so you'll listen to it. And we hope you enjoy it. Remember your Gunkle Nathan's advice. Be kind to each other, manage your mischief, and we'll catch you in the next one soon.